New Zealand Mysteries is a community of people who are compassionate and want to help in the search for answers for victims and their families. We are on YouTube, Facebook and podcast. Thanks to those that like, subscribe, follow, share or donate because New Zealand Mysteries only works with your help. Links for all these options and source links will be in the description box below each video. Thank you for your support. Today we are looking at the mystery of Peter Douglas Coop. Is he dead or did he disappear? Let's try and find out. Now we're going to start out at uh, the police website police.govt.nz and we're going to take a look at uh, his profile but let me tell you in the circumstances they don't get a hell of a lot right we'll go through that but let's just start Peter Douglas Cope date of birth 20th of March 1961 date of disappearance 4th of June 1989 European location missing from Dunedin and we'll take a look at some maps of New Zealand um, shortly so you know where things are um, 185 centimeters tall medium build let's get to the circumstances that the police say which is you'll find out is not correct and it bugs me to no end that they don't um get the information right they should the, the police so let's get into it peter a doctor from auckland was attending a medical course in dunedin and failed to attend his first lecture on the 6th of june 1989 he was last seen at invercargill airport on this day by a former colleague and has not been seen by family or heard from since let's look at the most important things on this page that are actually correct the reference number 890-607-4992 you can go through the police website or you can call crime stoppers anonymously 800-555-111 now like i said not all of these circumstances information is correct so let's get into you know a couple of articles to see what we can find bear in mind we're in new zealand we don't get a lot of choice of articles um or media outlets we're very little makes it hard but let's have a look so first let's look at stuff.co.nz dead or disappeared on purpose the 30-year mystery of dr peter cope and we're really lucky hamish mcnearly uh is doing this story because if it wasn't for him we wouldn't have anything to go by this was done in 2020 mr or dr peter coop was 28 and recently married when he went to dunedin for a month long course so only four weeks he never made it to his family believe he's dead but police think he wanted to disappear so hamish mcnelly looks into this mysterious case 30 years on when Dr. Peter Coop talked to his wife on June 5, 1989, he told her he would phone her the next day. He never did. Three decades on and police case, or the police case into the disappearance of the 28-year-old Auckland-based doctor last seen in Dunedin remains open. Let's have a look at uh, the map here. So Auckland is up here if you're not aware. Um, Dunedin is here if um, this pops up Dunedin is beautiful and Invercargill is going to pop up too and that's down the bottom here so a few places um, talked about here the or those closest to Coop believe he's dead please are convinced he staged his disappearance one question unites them where is he you might be watching this you never know 
Police have no firm evidence of what happened to Dr. Cope or whether his disappearance was by accident or design, a police file released to staff under the Official Information Act said. The file details dozens of sightings reported across New Zealand as far afield as Australia, which ultimately failed to find the young doctor. You'll, you'll find out that there's been lots of sightings and it's hard to determine uh, whether these people did actually see him. So we'll get into that a bit later. Missing. Cope arrived in Dunedin in the depths of winter on June 5, 1989 and checked into room 28 at a hostel near Dunedin Hospital. The next day he was expected to begin a month-long ophthalmic basic science course. I butchered that. Uh, both Cope's parents were eye surgeons then based in Canberra, Australia. So he was following in his parents' footsteps. He was due to do this month-long course in Dunedin. Only a handful of doctors of each intake would be successful in their journey to become an eye surgeon and after his disappearance, it emerged that Cope had doubts over the course. It later became apparent that he may have staged his disappearance either having left the country or going bush and meeting his demise as the result of an accident, police said in an early file note. That night he dined at the hostel canteen with a colleague, rang his wife of seven months, Galena. He told her he was looking forward to his course and he would phone her the next day. But he didn't, obviously. His absence from the course was noted and on Wednesday police searched his room. They found his wallet, a small amount of cash, personal papers and Ventolin inhalers used to treat asthma, which is bloody common in New Zealand. Clothing and personal items were found and his bed appeared to have been slept in. With his running shoes and tracksuit missing, police feared he suffered a misadventure while jogging. An extensive search failed to find any trace of Dr. Coop, however, Soon people began to report sightings of him. His wife later discovered items were missing from their home, including leather tramping boots, her blue sleeping bag, an orange tent and other outdoor clothing. When police found he had obtained a $500 cash advance on a visa card prior to his disappearance, the nature of the inquiry changed. $500, I guess, doesn't sound a lot, but um, back in 1989, I guess it you know, was worth a lot more. Police, police rather, soon found Coop had previously walked away as a response to stressful situations. So we know that when he's under pressure, when it gets too much, that he isolates and, and goes away. He's done it before. Um, I tend to do the same thing. In 1980, he was in his first year at Auckland Medical, Medical School when he went missing for a week before returning to his studies. The following year, he took a break from his studies and worked a variety of jobs, including in a sharing gang in South Otago, then later joining Centrepoint, a controversial Auckland commune led by Bert Potter. Well, there's an idea for a, a case, isn't it? That sounds very interesting, something I've never heard of. In Coop's empty Dunedin hostel room, police found a torn-out page from an A4 notepad and a rubbish bin in his room. The top corner of the page had been ripped off. Police deciphered the impressions on the pad by making a rubbing, revealing a list of potential plans. 
This is what it said. Arrive. Arrange 12.30. Pack. $120. Matches. Jeans. $200. Stove. Jersey. And master charge. Police now uh, believed that they were dealing with a man who had staged his own disappearance. This was amplified when they found out he had sourced the cash advance on his visa in Auckland the previous Friday, but did not tell his wife. So all looking like, yeah, he's doing his own disappearance, basically. It looks like he's going bush, he's got money, he's got a stove, um, and he's got these pick-up times or, or arrange arrive times. His plans, however, remained a mystery. So, did he catch a flight? Arguably, the strongest sighting came from a fellow doctor, Josie Parker, who studied alongside Coop for eight years. So, this lady knows what he looks like. She stayed, studied with this guy for eight years. She contacted police after hearing that Dr. Coop had gone missing and told them she saw him dressed in outdoor gear reading a newspaper in an Invercargill airport. She was running to catch a plane and didn't have time to chat to him. And if we look at the maps very quickly, um, Invercargill is down here. Obviously Dunedin there and Auckland up here. Uh, she said she was 80% sure that this is a positive sighting, or police noted in their file that they were 80% sure that this is a positive sighting. There was also the possibility that he had returned to his parents' home in Nelson while they were overseas, as a witness reported seeing the lights on at the house. The police file noted, I will quickly show you where Nelson is, if we just get over here, and I put in Nelson. That didn't help, did it? So we're looking at Nelson, the big red blob there. Thank you, blob. Family of Coop are of the opinion that he would be very capable of going to a cemetery, obtaining details of a deceased person, obtaining a birth certificate, and then obtaining a passport. Something which was easy to do back then, the police file noted. His sister told staff she does not believe her brother staged his disappearance with that supposition... I don't even know that word, um, but that causes hurt to them to think that he staged the disappearance. She believed her brother could have gone bush and met his end as his body had never been found. No one is following the lead that he is dead and where is he? And I just want to shout out to the family of Peter Coop. I mean no disrespect, it's just wanting to get that story out there. Um, never know, information may come in. Reports of the sightings had been hard on her family, particularly the parents. She believed it was quite possible her brother, who loved the outdoors, packed up his gear to go tramping and he's never been found. We know, she says, that he bought some stuff and it looked like he was going into the bush somewhere with the cooking stove and the sleeping bag. That doesn't suggest he's going on a flight to Australia, to me, she says. Reports of a successful man staging his disappearance were intriguing but were hurtful. There's no story if he's just missing. Well, um, it's quite a bizarre story, really. Um, we don't know. It, it certainly appears that um, he could have gone missing, for sure. He had everything to do it, you know, to stage his disappearance. Let's look at this. 
thesuitcasedetective.com. This is a great site that I found. It's uh, mainly, well, I think there's only one New Zealand case on it anyway, but it's a great, great place. They've got uh, photos that I haven't seen before of him. They've got information that I haven't seen before. Uh, they also have a lot of information in te reo and Māori language, which I think is amazing. So we're going to take a look at the information on this uh, page, thesuitcasedetective.com. Now we get into some more circumstances that differ a little bit from what the police say. Peter Coop grew up in Nelson, New Zealand, attending a boarding school while his parents, both reputable eye surgeons, worked out of Canberra, Australia. Peter would eventually follow his parents' career path, attending medical school and working towards a specialisation in ophthalmology. In June 1989, Peter had only been married for seven months when he decided to attend a month-long ophthalmology training course at Dunedin Hospital. I'm so glad I got that course, the name. <laughs> it's a hard one. The course was a difficult one and few of its attendees would pass on to become eye surgeons. Peter had expressed some concerns about the course, a fact that would become relevant later. Obviously, it's a, a huge deal, this course. If uh, a few of its attendees would pass and we know that only a few people are actually invited to do this course so I could imagine the pressure on Peter was huge and we know that he has a history of when the pressure gets too much to isolate. According to records he arrived at his hospital in Dunedin and called his wife back at home in Auckland on June the 5th. Nothing appeared out of the ordinary during the phone call and he promised to phone her again the following day. It appears that he did sleep in the hostel, and the only things missing from his room the following morning were his tracksuit and running shoes. When Peter failed to attend the class on June the 6th and did not phone his family to check in, police issued a search of his room. They found his wallet, cash, various paperwork, his asthma inhaler, clothing and other personal things remaining in the room. However, Peter was nowhere to be found. And even though you know, it looks like he's could be disappearing. There's things that he left behind that he could need. I mean, he took what, well, it looks like he took what he need, but I mean, he left behind wallet and cash. He could have taken those and other personal things that aren't named. Initial suspicions that he disappeared while exercising faded when a search of the nearby area, trails and public areas did not turn up anything. Police eventually uncovered the fact that Peter had previously demonstrated a behavioural pattern of disappearing when under pressure. So, for example, again he disappeared for a week during his first year of medical school, leaving for a two-month biking trip without notice, and began to question whether he left voluntarily and simply walked away from the pressure of his career. The matter was further complicated when his wife Galena realised that various camping items had been taken from their house including, again, blue sleeping bag, orange tent, leather hiking boots, outdoor items, $500 cash advance on his visa card, and that was arranged the Friday before his disappearance. Police also, again, found a piece of paper with the following written on it. Arrive, arrange 12.30, pack, 120 bucks, matches, jeans, 200 bucks, stove, Jersey and Master Charge. Master Charge must be a card or something like a credit card. 
There remained the question of why I leave behind his wallet, money, inhaler, as those would still prove useful, which is something, the inhaler. I'm wondering if he had, obviously, spare ones, which is very, very possible, but that's a bit weird. Uh, he says, furthermore, this says, arrange at 12.30, may have suggested a meeting with someone at that time. Other possibilities included that he disappeared while hiking or met some unknown accident. And, you know, Zealand, New Zealand has lots of bush and outdoor trails, and we're well known for our beautiful country um, where you can go bush um, and you could have an accident and no one would know. We definitely have had a few disappearances where people have gone into the bush and gone AWOL and have never returned. So could happen. On the day he disappeared again, June 6th, Josie Parker, his classmate for eight years plus, reported to police that she witnessed Peter sitting in the departures area of Invercargill Airport wearing outdoor wear. In 1997, a witness claimed to have seen him at Emu Creek camping area in New South Wales, Australia. This, was, uh, this lady was a doctor and had once been a classmate of Peter's. According to her, Peter parked beside her and her husband in a yellow larder, Neva 4x4. He was accompanied by a woman and two children. She went to speak with him the following day, but the family had already left. So is it possible that, I mean, these, these two sightings are from colleagues who know him really, really well know what he looks like um is it possible that they got it wrong uh, or should we put some weight into this that they knew what he looked like is it possible that he went away and, and started a new family sure listen to this one though mysteriously peter's mother reportedly saw him in 2003 for a brief moment in nelson the family's hometown where peter grew up according to her his mum she saw peter while she was crossing the column with Collingwood Street Bridge. She said she glanced down and saw a man and a young boy along the Mai Tai River bank. She claimed that he looked much as he had when he disappeared, being tall, thin and still having his hair. Wow. So this is his mum. Um, but look, my mum died two years ago and I still go along the street and I see a, sh a really little tiny short woman um, wearing purple and she's got some unruly hair bless my mum and for a moment I think it's her even though I know she's dead and she has been for a couple of years I don't know if that's normal um, or if it's just me I don't know comment down in the description below and let me know if you do it too I mean I miss my mum was she wrong did she want to see her son so much but it's interesting here that he says uh, or she says she saw a man with a young boy and the last sighting was in Australia with um, some kids. So that matches. But if he really was to go and do a disappearance over to Aussie and that, why would he come back to New Zealand? Why would he go back to Nelson, where he grew up, where his parents live, and everybody knows him, and he's bound to be seen? I don't know. Yeah. This sighting might be related to the fact that some persons had reportedly seen lights on in the Coop home in Nelson when Peter disappeared. Some wondered if he had returned to the home while his parents were gone for a brief, brief time before leaving again. 
Peter's sister does not agree that Peter ran away and has theorised instead that he became lost while on a hiking trip. She describes Peter as being someone who enjoyed camping and hiking and believes he may have encountered an accident while on an excursion. She said there are few hiking spots near Dunedin, particularly near the beaches. If this is true, it suggests that perhaps he never meant to attend the medical course as missing days to go camping would put him substantially behind in the class. But we know that this class was really tough. There was a lot of pressure in this class. Um, listen to this though. Peter's family launched the Friends and Family of Missing Persons Charitable Trust in 2008, offering support and training for the families of missing persons. Peter's father, Douglas, has also authored the book Gone Missing, A Guide for Those Left Behind. Now, I don't have even a library card. I haven't read for many years, which I should. Um, and this book, it says it's based on decades of fieldwork. Gone Missing discusses the role of police and search agencies, how to deal with the media and the many organisations available to give support and assistance. The book gives a detailed account of the emotional trauma and grieving suffered by those left behind, the professional help available, and it explains the role of counselling. It examines why people go missing and deals with the return or finding of remains. No other book offers the same comprehensive information and guidance. So if you can get that book, then um, get it, because it sounds like it is amazing. Um, when, uh, however, I did sort of uh, go to look for this charitable trust, I'm not sure, um, you know, Google, Victim Support, um, Missing Persons Foundation, but I don't know if this is New Zealand. I mean, of course, I've never seen it before, so I don't think this is it either. Might have to do some digging. So, back here, um, this article is great. It has lots of information. Uh, please go there. There is a link in the description below, um, and I think they did a really good job they don't just have this case obviously they have cases uh, from around the world i've never seen this before the suitcasedetective.com but uh look look at this go there it's amazing they have great information and they've really done their research but let's move on moving on again stuff.co.nz 30-year mystery sightings of missing kiwi dr peter coop continued quote like elvis and again hamish thank you for doing this. This is the part two. Among the voluminous files dedicated to missing man Dr. Peter Coop, you can sense the exasperation of the officers tasked with finding him. They said it may well be that these sightings will continue for some considerable time, much like sightings of Elvis. And that's what a 2003 police report from Nelson said. The 28-year-old Auckland-based doctor was in Dunedin, as we know, blah, 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 we'll get to that bit, past that bit. Coop's family believe he could have gone tramping in the bush and died after an accident. Police believe he staged his own disappearance, possibly because he was stressed about becoming an eye surgeon like his parents. Bear in mind, this is 2020, so um, a couple of years ago. Still obviously missing. Every tip since Coop vanished from Dunedin has been recorded in files released to stuff under the Official Information Act. This includes... Coop spotted writing hieroglyphics and books at Department of Conversa uh, Conversation. Maybe try uh, the Department of Conservation. <laughs> That's bad. Um, tramping huts. Anyway, playing piano on a cruise ship 
and regularly shopping at a Kapiti bookstore in the months after his disappearance. That's uh, Kapiti's in Northland. One man even claimed Coops sold his gallery a sketch, giving his name as Martist the Artist. In 1993, a skeleton was found south of Nelson. Police initially thought it might be Coop, but it turned out not to be the case. Would it be great if you found him, an officer wrote to a Stuart Island-based colleague who was checking a 2005 tip. Coop may be living on the island, and if we look down here, Stuart Island's that little blob right down there. Um, the island was an area of interest as he had previously visited the with police also discovering maps of the area in his hostel room. It's the first time we've heard that information. Uh, or maybe it was just another red herring, much like reports of Coop, joined by a male friend dropping off tramping boots to a Dunedin shoe repair shop. So it's just sightings all over. He also apparently signed the job under the name Coops while supplying a wrong telephone number. He was... 185 centimetres tall reportedly left the item described by the shoe repair owner as a effing great gumboot. I don't know why anyone would want to repair an effing great gumboot. Really? It seems a bit weird to me. Uh, so the re boot report coinciding with the witness account of Coop being at Invercargill Airport, it was possible one of those sightings was mistaken. Hmm. The Coop family, uh, Diana Coop said if her brother was still alive, he had never contacted a member of the family in three decades. And that's really, really sad. Uh, this was particularly telling given his closeness to their mum who died in 2013. Her brother was a kind, caring man, but he could be inconsiderate as he had, quote, disappeared before and didn't tell everyone. He was a very big character and could not be described as a quiet person. She believed too much emphasis had been placed on him, potentially staging his disappearance. She said no one is following the lead that he is dead and where is he? The family doubted many of the sightings, apart from one from a former classmate placing him at the Invercargill airport, so obviously she believes that they saw him there. Um, the sister said she saw him and told people before he was even reported missing. Other sightings. Months soon turned into years with the random sightings growing further apart. Of course, we just said one of those was the mysterious hieroglyphic writer at the Dock Huts, which the Dock is the Department of Conservation, not conversation. Um, a photo of the bearded tramper was actually shown to Coop's parents two years after he vanished. They said there were some similar similarities, however, the man was not their son, the file noted. Until in 2003, his mother Margaret told police she thought she had spotted him on a Nelson riverbank, and that prompted a public appeal for sightings. As he was walking, he turned his head slightly, and I saw that it was my Peter Coop, my son who had been reported missing some years ago. It was certainly him, she said. Unfortunately, she's passed away, but she's pretty sure that it was her boy again. We still wonder why he would come back. His mother told police the man she saw, who was with a young boy, was walking away from her. She described him as still having his hair and being tall and thin. I could not yell out to him, but I should have run after him. That heartbreaking statement did not convince police who doubted the sighting. The officers did not doubt another sighting reported years later, which would focus their attention across the Tasman. So this is 
Australia again, they're thinking. In 2010, a television show on missing people revealed a fellow doctor, Dr. Hagen, who studied with Coop, saw him in 1997, or thinks she did again, at the former campsite of Emu Creek Park. Um, she pulled, he pulled up next to her um, in that yellow Nevada, or Lada Nova. <laughs> Never going to get that right either. My eyes met Pete's and his mind, she said. We'd just seen Peter Coop. He was again with the woman and two children, apparently, who were staying at a campground near her. She didn't know what to do. She went into confront him in the early morning the next day, but him and his family were gone. So if it was him, did he think, oh, bugger this, you know, someone's seen me and, and leave. Police on the trail of a 13-year-old sighting soon found it going cold, though. The four-wheel drive park had gone into receivership four years earlier, and former managers did not know where the camp register went, which would have given dates, registration details, and most importantly, a name. Efforts to compare the ownership of the Lada Neva 4x4 with New Zealand passports also proved frustrating. Police only heard from one Australia state, Queensland, which confirmed there were 13 yellow Lada Nevas in 1997, but no false passports issued to the owners. So, a senior officer in the file said, unless further information comes to light, there is little else to go on. Efforts by staff to find previous owners of the yellow Lada Nevis in Australia also drew blanks. But her sister Diana still struggled to reconcile any suggestion her brother had started a new life. It was the pain of not knowing which had hurt the family. We just don't know, nor do police with the case remaining open. So, I guess the question is, what happened to uh, Dr Peter Coop? Did he... Did he actually start a new life? I mean, he could have. Um, he could have actually gone to the Invercargill airport and been seen, like we saw the sighting, and buggered off to Australia and made a new life quite easy. Apparently, he knew what to do. Um, did he stage the disappearance? Did he take all the camping stuff and, and think, you know, they'll think that I went bush? Or did he actually go bush and something happened and, you know, he had an accident and no one found him? Weird things. Why didn't he take the cash that was at his hostel room and his wallet? I guess you'd leave your wallet behind. But, I don't know. Don't you need uh, ID to fly? Back then, I don't know. Maybe things were a bit easier. I don't know. It's weird. Um, Peter Douglas Coop, if you're watching this, we need to find you. Let your family know. Let your sister know that you're okay. Um, I think they really need that i'm going to finish it there though today thank you very much for listening to the story with me and um, i guess i will see you next time if you need anything down the description box below and i will see you in the comments okay guys thanks very much